Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name's Jason Hartwell with the Mr. DJ Pickle Tickle in the house. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not a whole lot, man. I'm looking for pickles to tickle. Hey, you, you look like a legit DJ now with that setup you got going on, man. We've come a long way here. Oh, I figured I'd uh, I'd do my best to make this sound right if I'm going to be here every week. And yeah, it sounded well, good. Yeah, it wasn't that much of an investment either. So you know, I got everything here within two days with Amazon Prime for under sixty five dollars. Okay, so here's a pro tip right off the bat. It sounds like you have a dynamic mic. So uh, yeah, yeah. If you're not talking right in the face of it, it ain't gonna pick up. So when you're turning your head, it's going in and out just like this one does. Uh, yeah just heads up because that that was a little sketchy right there all right i think we'll be good now yeah cool so i'll just we'll, stare at the mic <laughs> that's pretty much that's why i keep mine right here in my face so i stay on the tip of it but what's been going on in your shop man you forging out some big stuff and making yeah, some cool the, shit what's going on spent the day uh hammering out some uh 5160 yesterday I had a nice big piece of a two inch by quarter inch uh bar it's a 5160 so i took out the coal forge and i went to town with that again was aiming for some kind of recurve chopper and i ended up with a uh, 13 inch blade down to an 11 11 and a half inch blade after uh, having found a crap towards the tip yeah 11 and a half is still plenty of knife though oh yeah no no it's still you know i completely reprofiled it and i gave it more recurve actually and it kind of looks uh it looks pretty fucking badass. I'd be scared if somebody would run up on me with it. Oh, hell yeah. It does look cool as shit. Yeah. I saw the video of you forging it, man. I'm digging them overalls. Yeah, man. Fuck. Well, it's getting nippy out here, so I got to keep that uh, that back covered up. Fucking my lower back. Lucky, man. We have not hit no cold yet. And at least not enough to get these damn mosquitoes out of here. <laughs> Still fighting with mosquitoes? Dude, we named them. They are now, <laughs> they're now known as the Shawnee Avenue Swamp Birds. Oh shit, swamp birds. Swamp birds is what we're called. They're ridiculous, man. They're like the bodies are the size of house flies. They ate well over the summer. They did. They ate something. One got in my truck yesterday and I closed the door and I went to knock it off my arm and missed. So he flew away and I took my hat off and leaned all the way across the cab of the truck and smacked him on the pillar on the passenger side. Fucking blood went everywhere, dude. And it was mine. And I bet you it wasn't even dead. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was dead. He splattered good. But Excuse me. My blood all over the inside of my truck from that damn mosquito body. But anyway, I had a productive day today, dude. I kind of fooled around over the weekend just piddling and finishing up some kind of some want-to projects, stuff I just felt like making. Yeah, yeah. I got out this morning and started that 10-piece set. And by yeah, coming along pretty well on that. Yeah, by 3 o'clock, I had all 10 blades profiled and shaped you know final shaped and all the holes drilled nice and chamfered so nice i got a little cramp in my shoulder from this pulling the drill press down over and i bet i drilled 200 holes today kind of like drinking beer but in reverse right <laughs> putting it back but you just technically fucked with your muscle memory that more than anything else yeah and i got about halfway through and i realized because i drilled all the pin holes first i drilled all those at eighth inch because that's what size stock i'm using and then I come back with usually a three sixteenths or nine thirty seconds, something just a hair bigger yeah. th- than the pinholes to do all my relief holes, you know, for my epoxy hangout and stuff like that. 
And then I realized after I got all my pinholes drilled, I was standing up and I was stretching and, you know, because I was standing there so long. I said, man, I could sit down doing this. So I pulled a bar stool up. Nice. You know, because when you're doing that, you don't have to hit an exact spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the the pinholes I had marked with a center punch, so I had to be real precise about it. But I sat down for the last half of that job, and it worked out just fine. I don't put as many holes in my handles. You know, I put them in between my pins. I don't go all crazy. Like, some people have, like, these. some people measure them out, you know. It's like, well, fuck, they're just random holes for epoxy, you know, to create an epoxy bond between nails. Well, some of them I go kind of crazy with, but I do it, obviously, for epoxy, but for weight balance, too. Yeah, weight balance as well, too, you know. Yeah, yeah obviously. I take know, into but... account, you know, how dense my scales are and see how I can kind of take some of that weight from the back to even it out. Exactly. Cool. Like, that big, like the big chopper I did, you know, I, I put a heftier handle on there and a little bit, you know, well, it's not the handle's not on yet, but the handle itself, the handle profile is a bigger profile. You know, well, the, you got so much up front that I'm trying to keep some weight out back. Right. And uh, after, uh, you know, I, I did that, I was, you know, still pretty heavy up front, but after I did, made that shorter knife, happy accidents, after I did that, uh, it actually came out pretty well fucking balanced. So uh, interested to see what I'm going to put on there for scales. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. It almost looked like you were going to leave it like a skeleton grip, but I guess you're going to put scales on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a little... You need some contouring on it. It's a, the handle is somewhat wide, right? So when you grab it, you you know you can feel pressure points in the hand. So I'd rather have a handle. Yeah, for sure. Comfort and contour your hand. You know, yeah, it's gonna be a beast, man. You're gonna oh, yeah. get a nice little chunk of change for that one. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right, I got some mail today from my homies over at Broadbeck Ironworks, Ooh. the home of the best two by seventy two market. Two by seventy two on the market, and uh, I got my new contact wheel because my other one blew up. But oh yeah, 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 I got that today. And just a reminder: Broadbeck Ironworks is a sponsor of the Hustling Grind podcast. And if you order a full grinder kit from them, use the code Hustle at checkout and get automatically upgraded to the Mareco Deep Platen for free. And plus, they have just dropped all of their prices. Still have free shipping. And with that promo code, you get the free deep platen. So definitely, if you're looking for a grinder, check out Broadbeck first. Definitely don't want to miss that out. Miss out on that. Yeah, for sure, man. That's an awesome, awesome machine. <laughs> Found that mute button. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that one was deep. <laughs> yeah. You'll notice me hitting down here every now and then when I turn to the side and cough. But we actually got a theme for this week. We're going to do things a little different. Instead of just rambling and bullshitting and trying to come up with what to talk about, we appreciate every single person who listens to our podcast. We truly appreciate everybody. Because this is fun to do, but if nobody listens to it, what's the point? But us being podcasters is pretty cool. And we like y'all to listen to us, but we're only out one day a week. So what we're going to do today is go through and talk about some of the shows that we like and kind of highlight some of the other podcasts that maybe gave us some inspiration or, you know, just that we just simply enjoy listening to in our shop. So what do you want to kick it off with? So today's podcast is about podcasts. Exactly. Hey, why not, man? And we're going to try to keep it centered on podcasts similar to this one, you know, stuff based on making. Um, Everybody knows Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? But he ain't making nothing but money. 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to. I'll kick it off. I'll go first, and I'll start out with Knife Talk Podcast, the KTP boys. And honestly, you have to give credit to that podcast. They are the OGs, the godfathers of anything on the podcast world that's got anything to do with making knives. And yes, they're one of my go-to. Well, they're my Monday listen. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, when I get in the shop every Monday morning, that's my go-to because they're without fail. You know what I mean? They're going for years now where yep. every single Monday it comes out. And if they do take a vacation, they announce it, you know, they don't just ghost it. They'll let everybody know it's going to be a, we're taking off next week or whatever. But uh, them boys over there have got it dialed in, dude. I, mean, I know it's funny because you have different attitudes, you know, different personalities coming out from out of these guys, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and they get along so good. And, I mean, like you said, you got Craig Lockwood way over in France. Yeah. And then Jeff Fader in New York, you know, big city guy. And then Mareko's out in the forest in Washington. And they all do different styles of knives and have different takes on every subject they talk about, but it just comes together good. And they're funny as shit. Like, I know, they're definitely funny. They're, they're fucking funny. Yeah, I actually found that podcast before I knew what podcasts were. The first okay. podcast of any time, any kind I ever heard in my life was Knife Talk Podcast. <laughs> I think I'd heard like a commercial about some other kind of podcast, and I was traveling, so I Googled you know, podcast about knife making and that one popped up and I listened to it and it was, it was Craig by himself interviewing somebody. Okay. And I can't remember who it was, but it was the newest one. So I went back and looked and I saw, uh, Neil Kamamora on there. So I went back and listened to that episode and then I, you know, just kind of sifted through and listened to people I'd heard of. Well, once I fig listen to all those, I just started going through people I'd never heard of and learned about a lot of people that obviously I know of now. But I've that, kept up with them for years, almost a, since day one. It's a good way to get the viable information, you'd say. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And they don't really even talk a whole lot about knives anymore, but it is just a good, entertaining show. No, they talk about everything and, and nothing, you know, yeah. the, from depression to knife making. They'll talk about it, you know, everything that's real out there, they bring it up, you know, and they... Yeah. they they interact with the crowd as well, too, you know, so they, they have their chat. Well, they had the chat going for a while. I don't know if they still do it. I don't think they're doing live anymore. Yeah, I don't think they are, yeah, from what I heard on the last podcasts. But, uh, like I said, they you know, their interaction with the Instagram and all that with the listeners is pretty interesting. You know, you, you put your questions or your thoughts out, and, you know, they, and they, they, they take time to answer you when it, when it comes to the podcast, you know that part of the show yeah and you've been on there twice two in a row these past two weeks they talked about you or listened you know answered your question yeah yep two in a row so what uh first one was pretty fucking funny <laughs> a weird word for a butthole yep yep i mean if you're gonna be something why not a weird butthole Uh, yeah, Knife Talk, definitely the OGs of the podcast world, especially, you know, in my opinion. But they come out every Tuesday. They're part of the Makery Network. No, I'm sorry, every Monday. We're Tuesday. We yeah, got, we're on Tuesday, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, our, that's our spot. Yeah. 
So what you got? What's your next one? See how many of these we can blow through in about an hour. I am going to go with the, I'm going to go with the, uh, a Canadian hosted podcast. I had a feeling you might. And why not? You know, right. I'm up here with these guys. So, uh, time out, time out, time out real quick. I got a Canadian question. I just got to ask you, I got to know. All right. The, the big trucks, right? The ones with the giant trailers behind them, they have 18 wheels. You, are you, you following me? Tractor trailer. Right. What do you guys up there in the Canada call those? A truck. <laughs> well, a, a short word that might start with an S. Semi. A semi. Okay, great. All right, so I was watching football yesterday, and all of a sudden this other show came on. And I guess I bumped the remote, and it, went, it was like some kind of tow truck company pulling – trucks like off the side of mountains in canada okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh it was a pretty interesting show actually but they kept calling them semis the announcer kept saying a semi yeah semi semi yeah yeah i see it being a semi yeah. Yeah. probably in their slang that was just weird when i heard that dude because i was like a semi what what kind of show am i watching here because i mean the only time we would ever say semi down here is like you know when a Teenage boy sees a naked chick for the first time. He gets a semi, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, off I topic. Call, I, call, I call those chubbies. Yeah, chubby. Yeah, that'll work too. But uh, yeah, man, I meant to ask you that because that just blew my mind. It was the people on the show were saying semi, but the announcer of the show, you know, kind of the narrator. Yeah, it was like, well, while the truck stuck on the side of the mountain, these boys are doing everything they can to get the semi out of harm's way. <laughs> what the fuck's a semi? All right, anyway, continue. Canadian podcast. All right, so uh, for my uh, fellow Canadians there, uh, uh, Wes, uh, I'm going to go with the Porch Chai Chat podcast with, uh, hosted by uh, Justin Lemur and Lendo Novak. They um, Their podcast is pretty much uh, an interview-based podcast, if you want to say. All right. Know, they bring in uh, Canadian makers and they uh, they interview them. You know, it's uh, not always the same subjects and not always the same questions that come up. You know, from show to show, but you know, they 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 go around subjects that are you know orientated towards your work and your personality. And you know, they like I said, I was on their podcast and it was pretty interesting to be there because, like I said, you're just sitting down and it's literally like an interview. You were one of the first, right? Like within the top five. I think I might have, yeah. Yeah. I think. Let me uh, let me check real quick. Yeah, I never heard of them until you posted that you had been on there, and I went and listened to your episode. And yeah, great, that was the fifth episode. Yeah, great episode, by the way. It was fun to listen to. Yeah, but, always a blast to listen to these guys. They're fucking hilarious. Too. Yeah, I've listened to a couple since then and really enjoyed all of them. Yes, sir. But yeah, like I said, they uh, they're new out there. They only got what? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, nine episodes out. That's really pretty good, though, for as new as they are. It it seems like they're either recording really often or they stacked a bunch and then well, released they did, it. Yeah, they when they first started airing, they uh, they did stack there. They did uh, two on August 18th, uh, one on August 22nd, one on August 26th, and then they went to me on the 7th, then the 14th, and then the 18th. So 
know they're trying to keep it weekly from there, but they wanted to give some content, to have, you know, something to listen to right. as a new guest. You know? Are they on a schedule yet as far as every Monday or every Thursday or whatever, or are they just kind of throwing them out right now? Still I getting think sorted out. out right now, yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, speaking of podcasts that just throw out random episodes and you never know when it's going to come out, but when it does, it's good. One of my favorite ones is the Axe and Iron podcast. Yeah, yeah. I started listening to them a couple of weeks ago. They're actually pretty interesting, too. Yeah, they're freaking crazy, dude. It's like two. It's Roy Scott and Chris Cash. They yeah. seem like two of the most polar opposite people that you would ever think about being friends. Right. You know, but when they get together, it just flows. It sounds good. You know, they keep a good conversation going. And they talk about everything from, you know, Chris's big fat head all the way to Roy's, you know, weird rubbing of the eyes on his axis. <laughs> I mean, is that's another one that's just funny as shit. You never know what you're going to hear. But no. you, they will diss the shit out of each other the whole time, which is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to one episode and Roy Scott does not call Chris a motherfucker head, then it's not a real episode. Something happened. It was a shorty or something like that, or a quickie episode. It's an imposter. Yeah. Yeah, theirs comes out just whenever they want it to. And, I mean, both of those guys are crazy busy. And uh, so they get together when they can. But when they when it comes out, it's a good one. Yeah, no, it definitely is a good one. Yeah, like I said, I started listening to that a couple weeks ago and uh, got a few episodes in. I just, you know, there's some days that I actually get two podcasts in. As aware, some days I only get one. So depends on how I feel, I guess. Well, I've usually got a podcast playing when I'm able to listen to it, but it usually will take me four or five hours to listen to an hour and a half show. Yeah. You know, because I pause when I'm grinding or whatever, when I can't hear it. But it, like today, I was drilling holes and laying out lines and, you know, drawing out templates, all that kind of stuff. I had plenty of time to play, play a podcast. I always, I always uh, rewind. It'll go back 15 seconds, but hit it about 20 times. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had to do that today when I, when I was listening to Knife Talk, and they said they were reading your comment, but I didn't hear who, who would, you know, put the question in. Yeah. And it got all the way to the end, and it was like, all right, pickle cutters, listen here. I was like, oh, shit, what did he even say? I hit that 15 <laughs> seconds back 20 times. Yeah, and they got pretty deep with that answer, too. You know, They did. They went on for a while with it. Yeah, no, that was a, a good listen. Yeah. Well, hell, keep sending them in. Maybe eventually they'll click on your thing and try to figure out who the hell you are and give you a follow. Well, I talked to Jeff here and there once in a while. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah I've got him on Facebook and, uh, yeah. and uh, on Instagram as well, too. You know, you just talk with Knife Talk. Right. Well, the there, so. I've commented on Jeff's stuff back and forth with him a few times, and I've DM'd with him a couple of times. I was trying to get him to come on this show, but uh, we were still brand new, and I was trying to get him to come on episode number 10. And he finally answered me. He's like, dude, I'm so busy, man. Give him hell. Best of luck. But, you know, I'm going to have to decline. I was like, that's yeah. cool, man. That's cool. I'm going to come back at you at episode 100. And he was well, like, at least he answered. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying. I'm if he doesn't want to do it, we'll find somebody else. I'm going to go back at him for episode 100. We're getting there, dude. This is episode 34, 35, 36, somewhere in the mid-30s already. Right, so we're getting there. Yeah. Well, we're getting there. I've only been here a little while. Uh, you're getting, you're pushing 10, I bet. Close to it. Close to it, I think. Yeah, if I, uh, 
he's kind of a big deal. It was the first one, not the first first one, but yeah, because you were on there uh, as a guest when, with me and Bubba. Four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So far, because you had B uh, B Cone, Brian Cone, fill in couple times yeah he's been on here a handful of times that was back in that little transition period between Bubba leaving and you know you you coming in full time yep but uh man that that seems like so freaking long ago I guess it wasn't you know a couple of months yeah no I'm enjoying it a couple months yeah you're right yeah and one of my favorite podcasts obviously is the hustle and grind so don't don't skip that one on a Tuesday I mean that's that's one of my favorites that was my next uh, – I was going to bring that one up next. <laughs> Are you? Okay. Well, I got that one, so. Uh. <laughs> no, uh, listen, uh, you know, makers and making doesn't necessarily have to always be about knives. No, absolutely not. You know, it could be anything. It could be from forging. It could be whatever, you know. And yeah. I like to listen to the, the Making It podcast with Jimmy uh, Darista. I need to get into that one. I've heard so much about it, and it's just – you know, like we both just said, we got like one podcast every day we like to listen to. That yep. one's just not, I guess, on my mind when something comes out because I've already got something per day to listen to, and it can take all day to listen to one show sometimes. Yeah. Well, they got quite a few episodes. You know, they got 325 episodes out. So uh, they got us beat by quite a few. Yeah, we'll never catch up unless they quit. Yeah. But- and, uh,. Like I said, you know, a lot of it is, you know, there is making talk in there, but they do a lot of, you know, just life talk too. You know? Right. And what we do in life on a daily basis, waking up every morning and, you know, as self-employed knife makers or whatever you're doing for a living, uh, you're making it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're getting, you're getting up to pay bills while you're fucking, you're making it. So, right. like I said, I like how they bring up all kinds of subjects in this podcast, you know. Really, really interesting to listen to. Yeah, I I need to get on that one, and I guess I need to put it on my alert list where it'll pop up, you know, and tell me, are they weekly or hell? It seems like they might be daily with that many episodes out, or have they just uh, been doing uh, it for several uh, years. Excuse me, they're weekly. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Not like right on the button. I think though. Well, I- like. Uh, no, actually, some of the because one came out September third, and then the next one came out September seventeenth. That's almost two weeks, right? Well, I mean, like you said, they got real life stuff that comes up. Exactly, and, you know, uh, just everybody yeah. else. And speaking of Jimmy Deresta, I just heard an interview. Not well, not an interview with him. A podcast that had him on as a guest, the Handmade Podcast. Oh, I've never listened to that one. You hadn't heard of that one? That one, that's a great one for your Wednesday, dude. Definitely uh-huh. check that one out. So it's got uh, Chris Zepp from Make Everything Shop and uh, Paul Pinto, which is uh, – he owns a steel company. I think it's called Fairfield Steelworks or something like that. He does, like, railings and structural steel stuff. And he's been on Forged and Fire. I'm not sure how he did. I don't know if he won or lost, but I know he's been on there. Uh, so he's a knife maker, but now he's more of, like, an industrial, you know, steel worker. And, uh, and it's got Derek from Alden. So everybody knows Derek. And um, I'm sure I do. (laughs) You don't, do you? I'm looking at your face. He's got the deepest, like, Boston, Massachusetts accent I've ever heard in my life. And the first couple times I listened to that show, (laughs) 
I almost changed the channel because of his accent. I was like, dude, I can't, like, I can't understand him. What did he say? But <laughs> once you kind of get used to it, it's awesome. And uh, they had the rest on there. He's been on there several times with them. But that's a hell of a show, man. And it's just three guys sitting around bullshitting about the world. I mean, it, that's a great one. Definitely put that on your list for Wednesday. I'm going to text your ass Wednesday and, and remind you. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll check it out. That's, that's a super good one. And they're pretty reliable as far as coming out weekly. If they Sometimes they don't hit on Wednesday, but if they don't, normally it comes out Thursday morning. Right on. But they're part of the Makery Network, too, with you know Knife Talk and some of the other real good ones that are out there. And uh, that one, I've started listening to that one as soon as the Makery Network group came out, you know with Craig's little bunch of podcasters. Yeah. His group, like his, uh, his minions, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. I first started, uh, getting into the podcast was through the makery network. Actually. Like I knew who Joe Rogan was. Me too. Yeah. I, you know, makery network is what kind of expanded my mind into listening to other stuff. Because before much. that, it was Knife Talk. That was it. If it wasn't Knife Talk, I was listening to the radio or, you know, just music. Because uh, I have one of my friends that listens uh, to a lot of podcasts like Joe Rogan and stuff like that. You know, He was always like, oh, you got to listen to this episode and listen to this episode. It's like, dude, I don't listen to podcasts. You know, I, It's not something I do. My attention span is not that great, so I don't listen to podcasts. And then uh, I started making knives. And then uh, you start getting to know people. And then I got asked to be on a podcast. That was my first podcast I was on. And uh, that was the Work For It podcast. Right yeah. Oh, tell me about that one. I've never heard of that one before. Brian's going to hate you. Uh, that, that, we might as well be sister shows. You know what I mean? The way we go back and forth with each other on air. Yeah. That's a oh, hell of a group of dudes right there, man. They are freaking awesome. I know. They're good uh, good people, my kind of people, man. Like I said, when I first met Brian online with the knife-making community and the grinder pages and all that stuff and uh, building his grinder, you know, all his support and being, like I said, being on his podcast too. And at that point, it was like a – it's kind of like interview based too, you know. I don't. I, he wasn't that far into his episodes when right. I and uh, like I said, it was my first experience with a podcast. Period. You know? And then I listened to it and I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty interesting." <laughs> yeah. So I started listening to podcasts after that because, like I said, there's good content and there's good knowledge to get from it. And yeah. Free knowledge is good knowledge. Yeah, I, I enjoy all episodes of the Work for It podcast, but some of the earlier ones when Sarah was on there with him. Yeah, yeah, those were some of the funniest freaking ones know, ever, yeah. dude. The, the purse cheese has got to be one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. But, the uh, first one I was on was uh, "Pull the E Brake." That was the damn uh, the the buttholes prayer. Yeah, Say, <laughs> pickle with the buttholes from day one. <laughs> That's a weird butthole washer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a- that was a blast, though. We had a good time recording that one, and it was fucking hilarious. Well, if it was a blast, I'm sure you could turn the water pressure down just a little if you need to. <laughs> Make it a little softer. Right. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I, I'm glad they migrated the direction they did from those days. Uh, yeah. a, a change of hosts was a, a welcome change. You know, Sarah's freaking awesome, but when Brian stepped in, um, you know, 
with Ben and the other Brian, I think once they went to a threesome, that just yeah. that tied it together. You know what I mean? That just that they finished made, it. They 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 made something pretty good. You know, it's definitely definitely quality listening. Yeah, and it's just. It's entertaining too. Yeah, I mean Ben's freaking awesome, and Brian House is awesome, and yep. B Cone is awesome. And if it's ever just two of them, it's a great show. But when they're all three there, you That's know, a I mean, good there, there's just something that clicks with them. They all just they feed so good off of each other. But no, uh, like I said, it's good listening. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the work for it podcast on the Makery Network. Sir. So yeah, really, there's a bunch of them out there too. You know. We've only named what four so far, something like that, dude. Something like that. You know, if you want to talk about millions of podcasts out there, you know, do they have to do with knife making? Maybe not, but there's still good information to be, you know, found there. Yeah, like I said, a lot of these people that are podcasting, you know, you got to put out content. You can't just always be talking about that one thing that your show is about. Right. you got to get creative and you, you got to come up with stuff. <clears throat> and sometimes you could just, like I said, other guys do it. They, they talk about real life problems, you know, yeah. They'll talk about depression and you know, they'll talk about shit. They'll man up and just bring it up. And this is it. This is what real life is like, you know, as a maker or as anyone else, you know, so yes. uh, it makes you realize that you're not, you know, you're not the only one feeling that way or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Because when I listened to their answer on the knife talk for my question this week, I was like, ah, fuck, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, you're, bring up your question. Let, let my me, question was, uh, my, question was about it. my question was, when you're in that rut where you don't feel like being in the shop and it's not just one day when it could be a week or, you know, or two weeks or sometimes even a month, you know, it has happened where I've taken a month out from my shop because I go well, away from orders and everything. And, uh, I, you know, I was like, what do you guys do to get out of it? You know, why does this happen? Yeah. Why, you know, and so they, that's how they pretty much came up with their their answers. You know, they all had a different insight about it. And that's why, that's why Jeff was like, I'll save mine for last because I told him he wasn't going to like my answer. And it was actually a pretty fucking decent answer, you know. Yeah. Like, it was straight up, you know. I mean, I kind of agreed with all of them, all yep. three of their answers, you know, to a certain extent. I think I agree more with Marekos because I've found myself there before. You know what I mean? I'll go to the shop every day, but man, I'll go down there and just, I'll move shit around or, you know, maybe I'll shop back the bench or maybe I'll organize my belts. And I know there's a fucking pile of steel right there that needs to turn into a knife, but I just can't find the motivation. You know what I mean? Just, it ain't there. And then, you know, it'll start getting me down. I'm like, dude, what? What's wrong with me? I know I got to do this. I know how to do it. And I know I like to do it. But for some reason, something in my body just don't want to damn do it. But, you know, like Mareko said, eventually I'll get to the point where I just make myself do it. You know, once I actually make a spark fly from the angle grinder cutting out a blank or grab a template off the wall, you know what I mean, and just put it on the grinder, put the safety glasses on and go. Once I click into that mode, it makes it a lot easier to keep going. But yeah, it happens, uh, it happens to me every week. That moment that you you just described, where you have to actually just take something, yeah, and start making. That happens to me every week. You know, like 
I don't feel like I could be sitting there in the morning sometimes for two hours before I even get anything done. <clears throat> yeah. And like you said, they're just moving shit around. Mm-hmm. Sitting there having cigarettes with my coffee, whatever, you know, roll yeah. one up. Next thing I notice, it's like 10 o'clock. I've been in there for three hours, and all I did was scroll through my phone. Yeah. I th- you know? My biggest struggle that kind of makes me feel like an asshole is if I've got orders, like if I'm stacked up with orders like I am right now, you know, I've got a 10-piece order. That's good, and that's that's a good money payoff when it's done. Oh, yeah. And once it's finished, you know, I've got a couple more orders waiting. And so, like, I'm hustling. You know what I mean? I know the money's there. When I've got, like, one order with nothing behind it, like, I need to finish this order so that I can at least make something to try to sell, you know, to, to post something for sale. But when I've only got one little order, that's when I'm, that's when I get discouraged. And I think it might be because of the fact, like, okay, there's no orders. What am I going to do? Yeah. That's when I start letting myself get down. But the answer is, dumbass, if you've only got one order, you need to make two knives. Like, exactly. If you're a knife maker, you got to sell something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, you know, I've got a certain bill because when I was a young man, I had a problem keeping my pecker in my pants. So uh, <laughs> I got this one bill that if I don't pay it, I go to jail. You know, it ain't like they're going to cut my lights out. My light bill is fine. So yeah. I, I got to have money coming in. And, um, you know, I, I don't regret that decision now, obviously. But uh, it's a big bill every month. It's a hell of a bill every month. And, I could imagine. Huh? I could only imagine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think the key is to – oh, damn, I look retarded right there. The key is – ugly <laughs> i'm still ugly yeah but hey man let me tell you something back when i was a young man before i uh lost my middle tooth and gained the 70 pounds that i have since high school you know i was i was kind of a little bit of a stud and if anybody don't believe me dm me i'll send you a picture but uh yeah i'm trying to get the camera set up because we got something a little special surprise fixing to go down can anybody hear what's happening here? Anybody got any ideas? So I'm trying to get the camera set up because you're going to record it. Yes, sir. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's my biggest struggle is when the orders are low. And that seems backwards, right? You'd think so because, you like like you said, just make another one or whatever. Yeah. And uh, what I do sometimes is I'll have orders ahead of me, in front of me, you know, and it's like, and I'm not behind on orders. No, because my time that I give allows me time to, you know, just breathe. Yeah. So uh, uh, what I do is I, uh, like I did yesterday, I just make something that, because that's what happens a lot to me is that, you know, a lot of my orders lately are not, you know, standard models or anything. Everything's just custom, straight up drawn to the bar and let's go, this is it. Uh, But it seems that when I'm making orders, when I'm grinding out orders, I'm for some reason, I don't know why, I, why it does, why, why it does it or anything. But, uh, I, it's kind of like a writer's block, you think, or something like that. I just don't know what to do with these knives that I have to make. And to get myself to get into them, I got to make something outside of my orders. Almost like I did yesterday. You knock that thing out fast too, dude. Well, I got it. I spent the afternoon forging uh, a couple hours and then uh, cleaning that up. 
and then heat treat and everything. I did the last tempering round this morning, and now it's ready for handle. And after the handle's on it, it just needs an edge. So you said you ain't got nothing picked out yet. You got something at your shop, though? You like some options for it? Oh, I got plenty of options. I got a big Rubbermaid bin full of stabilized wood, and I got like three full of, you know, local species of hardwood, and then I got another big one full of exotic hardwoods. And Nice. I got I finally got my order paid for for that Tempe set. So yep. uh, I tried to pay for it because, you know, like I've said before, whenever I get money as a deposit for a knife order, it just goes into my regular bank account, you know, with the rest of our money. It's not separated. Probably should be at some point. But, you know, whenever I have an order of that size, you know, the handle material is going to run several hundred dollars. You know what I mean? For a 10-piece set, it ain't like I'm spending 60 bucks. No, no, you're you're like 300 in on, you know, a 10-piece set. At least 250 bucks for handle material right there. Yeah, you you almost nailed it. (laughs) But, um... 275? (laughs) Yeah, 325. 325, yeah, see, like I said, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, that's just, I got a good deal because I bought in bulk, too. You know, normally it would have been just a little bit more than that, but I got a deal. Because I bought 10 sets all at once. Yeah, because a good size block will go about 35 bucks, you know? Right. 35, depending. Yeah, well, I mean, these are scales. They're split and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, so you got you don't even have any of that work to do. Right. But, um, yeah, I got that on the way and finally got it paid for today. They wouldn't let me pay for it until they were all processed. He had everything there and cut, but he wanted to, like, sand them down and, you know, buff them and show me. And I'm like, dude, I, this was last... Wednesday I was like dude they don't need to be buffed you know what I mean like I'm gonna grind the shit out of them anyway just yeah. send it dude like they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be full of uh, CEC corp fucking epoxy there by the time exactly <laughs> but I mean I've bought from this good this guy before I bought stuff from him at blade show bought some yep. other stuff since then I know they got good products I'm not worried about it he don't have to prove it but uh he wanted to buff them all out and he finally got them all done today sent me all the pictures with an invoice. So I was finally able to pay for it. And so they'll be shipped out tomorrow. But my wife kept hollering at me. Like she looked at the bank account and be like, have you paid for those, that handle material yet? I'm like, not yet, babe. So that much money still, you know, just delete that from your brain. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we always got to kind of double check and make sure that whatever I need for an order is sitting there because the last thing I want to do is get money for a deposit. That's, designated to pay for materials and then spend it you know yeah. what i mean like now what oh <laughs> yeah then not have money for uh for your materials you know? right so uh let's go ahead and bring up another sponsor we have <clears throat> this one is phoenix abrasives they're the og sponsor they have been with us from almost day one they were the first legit sponsor of the show and they're going to keep on going and they're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. Go to phoenixabrasives.com forward slash shop. And uh, if you put in the promo code HUSTLE10, you save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you order one belt or 100 belts. And uh, I got my cork belts in from them. So uh, I'll report back. I've messed with them a little bit, but I haven't done a whole lot with them quite yet. And uh, I think I got some figuring out to do. So uh, if anybody else has already used these 
and has got some pro tips for me on breaking that abrasives down, hit me up let me know. But uh, speaking of Phoenix abrasives, um, one thing we almost forgot about is there's a giveaway going down. You remember that? Yeah, man. We had a 16-pack, I think, belt. 16-pack belt set. And now's the time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We are going to do the drawing. So we tried this uh, a, a couple of different ways, and technology screwed us up. So we're kicking it old school. What I have here is a can that some bold peanuts came in. And I have all the names written down on paper. So what I'm going to do is read off each name, toss it in the bucket, then I'm going to shake it around and reach in and draw one. That person wins. There's no backup. There's no redraw. And I have already checked all these names to make sure they qualified and did it right. So let's get going. Dun, dun, dun. Abstract Blacksmith. Brigham Kendall. Freedom Creek Forge. Ulysses Guy. Chad Butler, 3511. Save It Outdoor Survival. Aru Blade Works. Uh, Aaron McVeigh. Maximus Knives. Coles Custom Knives. Intiot River Forge. Powers Forge Works. Re- Reclaimed Relics Forge. Beacone Knives. Tree Stump Knives. Florida Man Forge. Brian House. Bald Man Knife and Tool. Briscoe Blade Works. Team Nate 2020. Fiery Ice Forge and Salmon Creek Custom Knives. I'll give it that little shake of Rooney here. And I'm going to reach right in. Before I grab one, is there anybody in here that you would love to see win or definitely don't want to win? You got any preferences? Anyone could win. Yeah. You got any ideas? Let's give it a... uh, I'm going to say Florida Man Forge. Florida Man Forge. I'm going to go Intiot River. That's my my pro pick. I think Justin's going to win. All the names are in here. Here we go. I hold in my hand the winner of the drawing. As I film from my phone. This son of a bitch, I had a feeling it was going to be him. Brian House? Nope. This dude, okay, so we ended the drawing at 4 o'clock on Thursday, right? Yep. That was the cutoff for when you could enter. This dude hit it at like 3.50 on Thursday. <laughs> the abstract blacksmith. Ah, Lando. You know that Lando. guy? Yeah, it's Lando from uh, Fortnite Chat. Lendon. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah, that's him. Oh, cool. Well, good deal. He just started following the show and then put the... uh. Yeah. Put the comment on there, and I was like, damn, he made it, like, real close. That's fucking cool. Yeah, he's the winner. Uh, damn, yes. I don't know if Phoenix ships to Canada. Does Phoenix ship to Canada? Uh, All right, sorry. I'm going to draw a backup right now on the spot. Let's record this just in case. Hold on a second. So I was going to say, if they don't ship to Canada, we could always figure something out. Yeah, I'm going to draw a backup in case there's shipping issues with the abstract blacksmith. Because if he ends up having to pay more shipping than the belts are worth, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So we're going to do a backup here. You got your videotaper on? Yes, sir. All right. Backup plan is... 
Aru Bladeworks, Jason Moss. You are the runner-up for the belt pack. In case Lando cannot receive for some reason unbeknownst to us so far. But either way, congratulations, guys. Whoever, whichever one of you want it, you're going to enjoy the hell out of some Phoenix Abrasives belts because they are titties. Oh, am, I like, am I allowed to talk to Lando about this or do I have to wait till tomorrow? Uh, you can go ahead and talk to him, I guess. That'll be fine. Why am I still recording? Just tell him don't post nothing about it. Yeah, why are you still recording? Yeah, I don't know why I was still recording. <laughs> I have no clue why. Yeah, well, maybe you can. Well, I'll have to talk to Greg, too, so we can't announce anything final right now. Damn, I really wish we could. I could actually call Greg and have him on the podcast right now randomly. But Do it. Dude, should we? Yeah, just do it. Look, why not? Let me text him right quick because he actually just texted me. Part of his job, no? It seems like it would be. But um, that that's pretty cool, man. I like the way we did that with the old bean can. So I'm just trying to see on their site if they do ship. I know that they do charge for shipping, even domestic shipping, like I pay shipping. Okay. So, so crossing, I mean, it's not like a free shipping option that's even here. So crossing the border, you know, I don't know how that would work. I do know when I ship stuff to Canada from here, it is crazy expensive. I shipped a, a neck knife cleaver to Canada, and it was like $55. What? I mean, And it was like the size of my wallet. You know what I mean? Just total. I don't know what kind of shipping you took, but that was a lot. Holy that God. was like the absolute bare minimum they could get it. They tried like all kind of different stuff. It almost sounds like they were stupid. It's expensive. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And I'm trying to remember how much... Uh, because Justin had sent me a hammer from Florida, and I think that's what it had cost him around sixty bucks to get it up here. Yeah, and the thing is, the the mini cleaver that I sent out, it was a freebie. So Ooh. yeah, my wood supplier up there in Canada, he hooked me up on a bunch of drops for my little finger bangers and mini cleavers. You know, just small drops that were big enough for those. Yep. And he hooked me up with a hell of a box. So I was like, cool, dude. Hell yeah, I'll send you one. And I opened up the box that he sent me, and there was a set labeled. He's like, please use these for mine. <laughs> he picked out the scales he wanted me to use. So I used them and went to ship it back, and it was a lot. But anyway, while we wait to hear back from Greg, you want to bring up another wonderful podcast? Actually, I'm going to bring up another quick podcast just for this will be like a 30-second one. I know we said before we started this show that – we weren't going to bring up Joe Rogan because fuck it, everybody knows Joe Rogan. I'm going to bring up Joe Rogan real quick. Nothing to do with making or anything. <laughs> nothing to do with making nothing. I've heard so much about this one episode with the girl from that escaped North Korea named Leonie Parks. And yeah. that is interesting. Like that is an intense episode. If you're just curious about that kind of stuff, I mean, it follows her story from going from North Korea to South of Korea, jumping the borders from you know, China to Mongolia being sold as a sex slave. And then now she's like a financial advisor in New York city and thriving. And I mean, it is, it's intense. It's something that's really, really interesting. So if, if you just want something completely random to listen to, that is a, a good filler for your time. If nothing else is going on. It's pretty much all I had for podcasts on my list that are, that are like still going. 
you know, a lot of these podcasts uh, just stop. There's a few, like uh, the Cole podcast and the the Blacksmith's Pub podcast. Uh, you know, there's a few other podcasts that I've been listening to on empty podcast spaces. Oh, Blacksmith's Pub. There we go. Yeah, but uh, they, they stopped recording. Like I said, they don't have no new episodes. These are... Last episode, March. You know, a well, Blacksmith's Pub, they're not finished. They just said that they're they're putting that kind of on the back burner. They're still going to pop up an episode every now and then. Okay. And uh, so they'll be back at some point. You know, that's Rick Barter and Jesse Savage. Yep. That one's just – that's one of those ones that's almost boring just because, you know, they're, they're simply only talking about what's happening in their shops this week. But to me yeah. – that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like the way they talk, I can picture Jesse's shop. I can picture his coal forge, you know, his anvil in front of it. You could visualize. Right. The way they describe things, it's fun for me to listen to it, but it's kind of, it's it's not a fast paced podcast. You're not going to laugh much, but it's entertaining for sure. We got to get your ass on some handmade podcast, dude, just to fill some time. Some handmade shit. Right, I gotta listen to that. Gotta listen. To that. What was that again? The handmade podcast. The handmade podcast with Derek from Alden and Chris Zepper. I don't know if it's Zepparelli or Zeppinelli. They call him Chris Zepp and Paul don't Pinto. Ask don't ask me. Fuck, dude, I don't remember. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what was the name of the podcast again? <laughs> handmade. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Is it the Handmade Network podcast? Nope, just Handmade. Let me make sure it might not have a space. Let me pull it up on my little Spotify. Because the one I find is the Handmade Network podcast. No, they're they're part of the uh, the Makery Network. Huh. The Makery. There it is. That's the that's the symbol for it. Oh, where's my camera? Let me back up. Shit, that's way. Let me click on it. Sorry, guys. You guys are listening to me and Pickle look at each other. I found it. You did find it? it? Cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a real good one, man. And all three of those guys are cool people to follow on uh, on Instagram too. Especially Chris Zepp. He lives up in New York and he's got a shop like in the on the ground floor of some big building in Manhattan. And every time it rains, he's battling floods and when the hurricanes came through there, like he was he had sandbags and building walls and sump pumps everywhere and tree limbs falling on his Mercedes Sprinter and yeah, I mean it was it's just fun to follow. It sounds like our uh, our woodworking shop here in the spring. The snows melt and the snow melts. Right. Fucking, because it's just a slab of cement with a fucking shop on it, and uh, the cement's not high enough. Well, yeah. it's, not that it's not high enough. It's just that the water rises there. Yeah, that uh, water ends up coming up in, into the shop every spring. There's always like an inch or two of water in there when you walk into the shop. Is that the shop that you showed the picture of with your car parked on the other side of the the puddle? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's that's when I told you you need to click your car in the four low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, look, check this out. I'm getting a new truck. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. It's been a long, 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 long time since I've actually drove something that I picked out. You know, my truck I drive now, it's, you know, I picked it, but it was one of them things like I need a truck right now. So this is what's available. This is what I can afford. So that's what I bought. It, It wasn't what I really wanted. So now I'm getting an actual full size pickup truck, beefy ass V8, four wheel drive, you know, crew cab, and I'm freaking excited. So it's new to me. I don't buy brand new trucks. I I have one time, and I lost my ass real quick on it because I bought a brand spanking new, nice ass truck off the dealership, off the showroom floor, and I okay. took it home. I was a single man. And I lifted that joker up to the sky and, you know, tinted the windows, put giant mud grip tires on it, just had what I wanted. You know what I mean? At 20, what was I, 22, 23, 24 years old. Next thing you know, I'm fixing to be a daddy. And the car seat would have been over my head trying to put it in there. (laughs) So I had to trade that in and get rid of it. And being I had to trade it in so fast, when I did, I owed more money on it than it was worth. Yeah. So from that point forward, I do not buy new. I'll just I'll get me a nice used truck. Exactly. As long as it gets you from point A to point B, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I mean I don't even I haul stuff around, like in the bed of a truck or whatever, and I've got a little trailer. I don't go off roading no more. You know, I used to all the time be out in the woods just trying to find mud holes. I done tore up so much shit. And I'm a little smarter than that now. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we grow out of that shit. It was the same thing with me. You know, I got a Jeep at one point in life. You know, I was 27, picked up a Suzu Rodeo. That didn't even last me a year. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know what? No more Jeeps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no I mean, more. it's just so easy to go around that puddle. You know what I mean? Instead of blasting through it and seeing how deep it is and you know, breaking yep. rocker arms and tie rod ends and yep. you know, just ridiculous. But, uh. Yeah, it's a 2000 and I want to say 12. I can't remember exactly. So it's not super new, but it ain't like dog ass old. Yeah, but so like I said, as long as it gets you from point A to point yeah. B and give you any problems. The Dodge Ram 1500 Bighorn Edition. Nice. Four full doors, man. I'm excited. So I've dated older women and had more problems than you could have with an older truck. So right. <laughs> I think at that point they would have had matured, but no. Yeah, no, that ain't the way it works. Yep. So we got uh one more sponsor to bring up, and I think you're the best man for this job because you know all of the perks of that situation. I was, I, and I was going to ask you if you'd gotten your package. Actually, I was going to ask you, did you get that yet? It's still on a boat. Is still on a boat. Still on a boat. So that river that runs between the west coast of Canada and Georgia, yep. I, I guess it's one of them underground rivers because I've searched the map and I don't see it. <laughs> but for some reason, they tell me it's on a boat. They said they were going to ship at FedEx, but FedEx was going to charge $150. Now, keep in mind, I'm getting a two-part epoxy, the 30-minute stuff. That's, you know, how big is that? Six yeah, inches by two inches. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a small package. FedEx wanted 150 bucks, And so they decided to go Canadian Post, which I'm not very familiar with. I do know that whenever I used to order handle material from uh, John Bryant up in Canada, he's in Ontario, and I don't even know east or west where that's at, but 
uh, he's in Ontario and he shipped to me for free and it took a little bit, usually about two weeks. Yeah. But this yeah, has been, you get the flat rate boxes, you know, they're like 20 something bucks for shipping, but there's no insurance, no tracking, no, and it takes longer to get it. Everything he sent me came in this little cookie box. There yeah. were, uh, it was a box of cookies that he just, I guess he just, fin- finished his cookies and threw some scales in there. The dude yeah. really likes those cookies. <laughs> because he's got plenty of those boxes for him. It's like the empty uh, peanut butter jars here. Fucking so many empty peanut butter jars in the in the woodworking shop. They're all fucking stacked up and everything, and full of screws. And yeah, we reuse them, you know. And yeah. I yeah. never even actually thought of you know snack boxes for shipping. Yeah, well, when I was a little kid, my papa uh, in his shop he, on his rafters on the ceiling. He had uh, baby food bottles, the yes. tall ones, and the lid was screwed into the rafter, and, you know, they were full of screws. Yep. And I always yeah, thought that was the coolest thing, man. One of my friends in their garage, uh, his father has that, but it's a uh, glass cheese whiz jars. Like, he, he's a cheese whiz fucking nut. I guess so. so. Like every, every nut and bolt and washer are in a cheese whiz jar screwed to underneath, like, the, the shelf above, above the bench. I, I really need to get on that trend because right now I'm missing a lot of my wall space because I got those bins, you know, that, that sit on the rack on the wall. Yep. And I think I got 20 of them. It's five by four, I think. And probably six are full of actually stuff that I use on a regular basis. But those 20 take up a lot of room. Yeah. But the, every one of them's got something in it. But – not enough for me to keep all that wall space eat up like that. No, I had, uh, when I rearranged my shop the last time when I did a last, like last time I did a big cleanup and rearranged a few things, I had a uh, toolbox on top of my uh, bench mm-hmm. and I had my uh, four drawer toolbox underneath, like a bottom half of the toolbox set, you know? Right. So, uh, and I just had, I wasn't barely using the four drawer toolbox underneath my bench. But it was full. Right. And it was just junk that I kept on throwing in there and throwing in like four junk drawers. Yeah. And then I had whatever tools that I do use on the daily all fucking crammed into the toolbox that was on top of my uh, bench, which is just a regular one with a lid, you know, and right. there's two drawers and there's not much room in it. So it was packed. And uh, so I just decided to, you know, get rid of that one to gain some bench space and threw a bunch of shit out from the other one. And now I got room in the one underneath the bench and I got no toolbox on the bench anymore. So sometimes it's just a matter of going through your shit and clearing out what you're not using in the shop and get it out of there because it's just going to take up more space than anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that weird little pause. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to coordinate with Greg right now, but he's he's not even in his office, and he's uh, he's with some friends. I think they actually got a they're doing some hunting or something. But uh, yeah, I'm having a text with him. I'm trying to see if I could possibly come up with some type of answer before we wrap this thing up. Um, okay. Trying to get an answer for you guys. But, yeah, uh, as far as the toolbox thing goes, I've got a machinist toolbox on the top of my workbench. 
and I use it a lot, but it's got the dumbest shit in it. So the biggest drawer all the way at the bottom has got all my buffing wheels in it because I got a different buffing wheel for each compound. You know what I mean? Like green, white, black, you know, pink, whatever. And so all my buffing wheels are in there to keep them clean because I don't want metal dust and all that shit get on those wheels. Not like my wheels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But another one's just, it's full of knife templates. Just paper and little, you know, thin wood templates. And then I got one that's like extra torch tips, you know, and just retarded stuff for my acetylene torches. That's not even, my torches aren't even in the shop. They're strapped to the side of the building outside the shop. But, and I rarely, rarely use them. So I've been debating on how to get rid of that toolbox, but I need all that stuff. And it's it's one of those things where it's all small stuff. If it's not there, I don't know what I do with it, how I keep up with it. I know. So. I try to. I try to also uh, when I take something out, put it back when I'm done with it, and not leave it laying around on the bench. Yep. You know, and as much as I was messy that way, now I'm just looking for tools all the time. Yeah. Because you know I'm used to having everything out on the fucking bench, but now I started putting everything out. You know, so I could have clear bench. Yeah. Uh, I'm always looking for shit now. It's like, where the fuck's my ruler? Where the fuck's my, you know, my little square? Where's this? Where's that? Always turning in circles only to open the drawers and find them where they should be. Yeah, I I try. I'm not always good at it, but I try to either at night before I close the shop up to put everything where it goes. But if I don't, before I start the next morning, I'll straighten up and make sure I got everything where it goes. Not every single thing but you know at least for the most part starting fresh but like the stuff i use a lot like my my ruler and my little small squares those are on a pegboard right in front of my in front of my workbench like my, um, my cec corp epoxy that's always out on my bench yeah always there i'm always using it so right. you know it gets used weekly not daily but weekly so it's you know it's stacked. I got them all stacked one behind another. I got their five minute, their thirty minute, and the C tough. Uh, I got their uh, their uh, their crazy glues there, whatever their CA glues. I got those uh, in my drawer. You know those are in my toolbox because they're shorter, so they fit in there. But uh, and the C tips as well too. They're in there, but it's something the, the epoxy is something I keep out on the bench constantly. I've got a cabinet on the wall up over my bench and that's where I keep like my epoxies and my acetone, my window yep. cleaner. Um, cause I use window cleaner an ungodly amount in my shop. See, I can't do that. I can't put anything like that up above as it gets so fucking hot in there, dude. And uh, one day I thought I was going to blow up in there. <laughs> Cause I had the forge running and I could hear shit pinging from oh. my top shelf. Oh. I got a shelf up there, and I had uh, some uh, turpentine up there, and I had, uh, dude, even a full bottle of Windex. Yeah. I don't know how the Windex got out of there, but it evaporated. The bottle was all swollen, and my uh, my particle board that I had for the shelf, that was all fucking swollen up and just soaked in Windex. Like, the Windex got pressured out of out of the bottle itself just from the heat. And I don't know what the fuck happened, but I grabbed the Windex bottle. It was hard like a rock, and there was no Windex left in it. Damn. Yeah, so that's, uh, and like I said, there was popping going on and ping, ding, bang, and I was like, wait a second, I can't keep shit up there like that. <laughs> so I can't keep nothing above that is 
flammable or explosive. <laughs> what I do is I used to have problems with my acetone bottles. Like they're in the metal cans, but they swell. Like this scared me thinking that like, okay, there's something's about to pop. But I started using, I got a pump, pump bottle. Of, okay, yeah. I used to use the old spice, uh, swagger body wash yep. and it came in that big pump bottle. I finished off one of those and put acetone in it. And I drilled just a little hole, like for a vent hole behind the nozzle that pumps down. And dude, anytime, like if I need to wipe something just right quick, I'll just grab a paper towel in my hand and reach in the cabinet and pump one time on it. And I've got a rag with acetone and just wipe what I need. That's a good shot pack. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I figured that out like two years ago and I buy the gallon size things of acetone and just refill that as needed. But I got like a big steel cabinet in the back of my shop that's got like the full bottles of the acetone and muriatic acid and all the shit that might kill you. It's in a big steel cabinet right there. I'm stealing that idea from you. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It works out real good. Well, guys, we've been going right over an hour. And uh, all right. Uh, What's his name? Shit. I forgot. The abstract blacksmith. The abstract blacksmith has won the raffle. Congratulations. You are now the proud owner of a 16-piece bell kit from Phoenix Abrasives. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Jason Moss, Aru Blade Works. Sorry for a little pump up and let down. Um, but if you send me your address, I've got a shit ton of worn out 36s hanging on my fire extinguisher. I'll send you a few. And uh, you can experience the Phoenix difference. But, I have about 75 belts that are just bundled up in the other shop that are just hanging there waiting to be used, probably never to be used again. Yeah. So if he wants those ones too, he could get those. <laughs> Dude, I texted Greg today and asked him if he knew like the tensile strength of a 36 grit belt. Because I've got some chairs on my back porch to have like that plastic shit that goes through. Uh, yeah. But my kids thought it would be funny to sit on them and slide their ass all the way through. You know what I mean? Like between the things to stretch them to the point where they've broken two of them. So I'm like, man, I could like wrap that around those chairs, double it over on the ends and put some rivets up in there with washers and maybe use them belts. He didn't know the, that spec on it, but I think I'm going to try it anyway and just see what happens. I'm sure it could work. I've got so many belts and like, I go through, I don't know about you, but I go through 36 is way faster than any other thing. Oh, 36 are the ones that I, and I grind hard in steel. Yeah. And, uh, 36s, they, they, they last. I don't know. It's probably just the, you know, the belt brand. I don't, I don't want to bash on anyone. I've tried several other belts, you know, companies. Uh, when I first started this making knives in my first two by 72 grinder, I was getting belts from Napa here locally. And uh, they were SIA or SIA belts, S-I-A. And uh, I seriously, to this day, what, 18 months later, still have some of these belts on my wall. And these 36 great grit belts still chew steel. They'll, they'll grind some steel off the blade, you know, still. But I use them for I use them for my profiling and all that, all my dirty work. Yeah, all right, guys. Uh, Pickle's been drinking. Obviously, Phoenix Abrasives are the best belts on the market. <laughs> But I'm just saying, you know, from one, one it's it, it, like I said, it's hard to say what grit, you know, goes the fastest because these, these, like I said, I grind all hardened belt, all hardened steel, and 
I've got belts that will do good. And then I get to a certain grit, that belt won't be as good. And then I go to a different belt that has good, you know, a good performance on hardened steel for a certain grit, but their upper, you know, like the 120 grit after that won't last as long. You'll get like two blades out of it as where some belts you'll get three, four blades out of a belt. Oh, no, when I'm, I get probably, I'd say at least, at least 10 or 12 uh, blades. Oh, excuse me. That one came out of nowhere. I'll get at least 10 or 12. So today, that 10-piece set that I did, I cut them all out with an angle grinder, you know, put them on my sheet of steel, cut them out, and I don't follow no fucking line. You know what I mean? I just I get pretty close. and I, rough. I, yeah, real rough. And I profile it on the grinder. So I'll take my track in and I'll hang it over, you know, one side of the platen or the other, and I'll work the corners, you know, just on that side little probably quarter inch, maybe half an inch worth of belt. And yep. that's, you know, that's how I'll run it. I, I did all 10 of those belts or all 10 of those blades with a used 36 grit. Yep. And I mean, it chewed through them just fine. But I mean, that's, that's 10 on a used blade. So that, that's probably got 20 blades on it at least. Yep. But when I do like once I quench, you know, I take it up to probably 120 before I heat treat. Yep. Once I quench, you know, I'll start with a brand spanking new 36. I just, I don't like using worn out ones on, on hard and steel. Well, see, that's the thing where, uh, certain, uh, certain belts will perform, uh, better on uh, hard and steels. Like I said, and they'll last longer. And cause like I've, dude, I seriously haven't taken a fresh 36 grit belt off my wall in over a month. I've been using the same two 36 grit belts. You know, I got one that's ceramic and the other one is the Axi Rocks. And uh, like I said, I'm grinding hard steel and they're still kicking. Yeah. Yeah. I use the ceramic one to cut my bevel, you know, to cut that 90. Yeah. And uh, for profiling, whatever. And then the, the blue belt I use for, for my bevels. And like I said, it's still like new. It's actually got more grit left than a standard ceramic 36 grit you said it's a blue belt yes the am i allowed to name them because i use i use a variety of belts i'm not like gun-ho on one brand like i use norton i use combat i use vsm dude we are proudly supported by phoenix and i I am a huge fan of phoenix myself and i will push them anyway but we're not paid to say phoenix and we're not docked for saying uh, someone else to get my hands on some phoenix abrasive belts and try them though because like i'm that kind of guy yeah you know, i like to see what the hype's about you know and see right. it's still real you know and uh it's uh one day i'll get them you know i'll just sucker in and put an order and have them delivered to maine or whatever you know well if you end up in my shop in uh june then you Would can you at least try some phoenix abrasive belts while you're here yeah. and, no, that would, yeah that would be Head down south for a month. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, hopefully, if all the restrictions and shit ease up, you'll be able to get down here for Blade Show, and I'm an hour away. About an hour and a half. That would be great. Yeah. Really, really great. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up because we've been going an hour and 10 minutes, and obviously, I've got to pee. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just what happens. You know, I'm old. I take water pills with my medications and all that shit, so. It goes right through me. And you drink beers. Yeah, I do that too. Just only every now and then. Only on days that end in Y. 
So <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us, guys. And uh, make sure to go and check out all the podcasts that we listen to. And if you've got a cool one that we didn't mention that kind of follows our format, send us a message. And we'd love to, at least I would love to check out some new stuff. And I know from today's show, I'm going to be checking out uh, Making It. Is that the one that you brought up with Jimmy? Okay, I'm going to check that one out, and Pickle's going to be listening to Handmade. Yes, so sir. We can all cross-promote each other, and we'll just share the stuff around and see what we like. So <laughs> we'll talk to you guys again next week. Till then, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Peace out. <laughs>